So on weekends, I sometimes publicize longer form talks or podcasts or conversations that I've done. And sometimes I have these chats with founders who reach out to me and ask me questions based on conversations or writing that I've done. And sometimes they agree to let it be recorded and be shared. So today I'm sharing one of the more interesting conversations I had recently with Kevin from Dendron.so. They are a personal knowledge management tool based inside of VS Code. As you'll hear, there are a lot of tools in this space, so it's very hard to figure out who's going to be worthwhile betting on or whatever. But I really respect the people who are trying because they see this current state of the world and they think they can make it better. So who am I to tell them otherwise? For the people who have been listening to this mixtape for a while, the other reason this conversation is particularly enjoyable is that it builds upon the second-brained knowledge body of work that has been done by Tiago and myself and a bunch of other people before us. And it starts off from that assumption, which is very refreshing. We don't have to go over the basics of why it's worthwhile to do a second brain. What are the 10 principles of the second brain philosophy? I'm going to put some links in the show notes for you to check out if you're new here. But otherwise, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, always do it. Like, yeah, share what we have in public. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that. Um, every So intention, we're open source. Everything we do, we kind of follow the GitLab principle of we have a handbook, okay. we publish most of our discussions uh, or public backlog. It, I mean, most of the stuff, 99% of the stuff we do is in the open. Yeah, did, did you know that GitLab also has a YouTube channel where they publish their meetings? Um, I did not, that is good to know. Uh, yeah. We actually have been recording our team meetings. Um, but uh, I've been thinking about sharing them. So that's good to know. GitLab unfiltered. Check it out. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. I when So Dungeon, we're a YC company. And then we uh, GitLab was one of the speakers. Sid from GitLab spoke to us during um, that. And it was really awesome because whenever anybody asked Sid a question, he would go on Google, find the answer on GitLab, and then like <laughs> get a page on his handbook. And one of the reasons why it was great is like, so like a little context about Dendron. Um, cause I know there's an email, but I guess like the, you know, quick way of summarizing it is like, you can think of Dungeon as combining open source, plain text, bi-directional lengths of Obsidian with the hierarchical structure of Notion, plus the refactoring capabilities of VS Code and something you would be accustomed to in an IDE. Um, so it's like a lot to like think about, but essentially like the, the, uh, at the end of the day, like where Dendron tries to focus on is help you structure your notes or your information so that you can find it when you need it and you can manage it at scale. Um, and a big idea behind that is just like for Dendron, we like take the learnings we have. Uh, it's based off like a lot of developer tooling. So take the learnings from like the last 50 years of what we learned with managing programming languages and managing programming tooling because code is essentially information that we're able to, you know, manage millions, like and millions of lines of code. And so the thesis behind that is like, we can do that because code has structure and we have great tooling around it. And so Dungeon's whole thing is, well, let's add some structure on top of our notes. So on top of Markdown, we've extended it with some structural elements and then add tooling like you would find in an IDE, like, well, build Dungeon inside an IDE. So like being able to look at being able to refactor, being able to reference, and that's, uh, kind of the quick gist of what Dungeon is about. Cool. Um, I'm kind of interested to see that in practice. Um, I should tell tell you a little bit about my approach to the space. Um, mm -hmm. So 
obviously I care about knowledge management. I care about sharing it as well. Uh, those two don't necessarily overlap. Uh, I tried a bunch of things. Primarily started with um, OneNote, Microsoft OneNote, and then yep. SimpleNote when I wanted to go really minimalist. And then I went to Notion, tried it out, uh, but the performance issues really bothered me and the blog editing, it's kind of weird. Um, so then uh, most recently I adopted Obsidian. So that's kind of my own personal journey. I've also looked at Foam, uh, which is kind of the, the Rome research, but in VS Code. Um, and there's some other VS Code, I guess, based. Um, there's some guy at Microsoft, I think, who's trying to work on uh, something to do with like Git Lens or Git something, where he does a tool for thought in VS Code. Anyway, yeah. so that's my history in, uh, coming into this. Uh, I'm just curious, like your own personal story, like how how'd you decide to work on something like this? Yeah, uh, my personal story, essentially, uh, my background is a software developer. I used to work at AWS. I saw that, or you also used to. And um, at AWS, I think, like for me, it's always, like my philosophy as a developer or somebody working in technology is that if I spend more than five minutes working on something or looking something up or understanding how something works, I never want to spend those five minutes again, like doing that same thing. And I find mm -hmm. a lot of technology, like there's too much information for us to like know. So everything yeah. is like looking at Stack Overflow or like a year later, looking at Stack Overflow and realizing that you've looked at it a year before. And um, so for me, like for the past, uh, ever since I graduated from college and essentially for the past over a decade now, um, I've been obsessed with figuring out like, how do I externalize my brain in a way that when I need to find information, I can use it again. And through that journey, I've used, you know, basically every single methodology and tool. Um, my, I, my old workflow used to be just like using Vim Wiki um, to keep all my thoughts. Um, I liked it being in plain text because that was the most malleable way I could have it. But I mean, I use Notion, I use Go, I use Airtable, I use SimpleNode, I use Notational Velocity. Um, I think the tools I stuck to longest were Notational Velocity and Vim Wiki. Um, it's like my tag pair. Um, but, um, my big, so my problem that I always came back to is like every single tool, um, once I accumulated enough information, let's say that's, I call this now like the 10,000 notes threshold for different people, it's different places, but it's usually well before that, um, you get to a point where you can no longer find the things that you had. And like, I used to keep this meticulous Evernote with like hundreds of tags and sub tags. And at some point I realized like, it's a mess. I just need to walk away from it. Um, and so that led me to like thinking very hard about PKM and working in the PKM space and eventually like led to like me founding a company that is building a, you know, another tool for thought. Um, and I guess I would say like, it's a crowded market, it's a crowded field and there's new tools every day. But I think like the reason it's crowded today is because we haven't found a good solution for how we as humans manage information at scale. Like, yes, if you want to find an answer on the internet, use Google, but finding an answer on Google is different from finding something in OneNote. And if search were the solution, then you would be able to find things in Google Drive that you can't. And this is because for personal knowledge base and organizational knowledge base, like the scale is much smaller and it's much different than like general search. And so the solution I found that has worked well for me, it's, it's not rocket science. It's kind of like weight loss where like, Everyone's looking for a magic pill, but the thing that works is like consistent exercise and like a good diet. And I found for like knowledge management, it's kind of like the same thing. It's having consistent naming schemes and a consistent structure that you can adhere to. 
Um, I know that you were an instructor in Tiago Forte's um, you did your cohort research. in Pera. Um, actually did actually did his thing as well. I uh, I did a, a building a second way and I organized a building a second way meetup in Seattle when uh, meetups were still a thing. And so kind of I'm very much in the para. Well, I've gone a little further than para, but essentially this idea that like ultimately what works is having consistent structure. And so um, that's essentially like the thing behind Dendron is Dendron helps you create repeatable, consistent structures. It can be para, it can be more complicated than para, but then um, you can document it and Dendron can help you enforce that. So kind of like how a compiler can, you know, enforce the safety of a language by checking the types. Dendron can enforce the consistency of your notes by checking your hierarchies. And the idea is that this works at scale. And this isn't like just some theory. Like right now, I'm my own knowledge base is now getting close to 40,000 notes. A lot of it is programming, like AWS, uh, programming languages, various things. And for each of these things, I just built them up on an ad hoc basis. It's essentially a cache for my brain. And for me, like I know this works for me and it's worked for me in a way that nothing else has, which is why you know, I built a tool and a company around this because I didn't see anyone else doing this, especially like last year, the hype or the peak of everything was like bi-directional links and graphs. And while like that works to some extent, like ultimately, like if you have lots of notes, you it still doesn't help you like find the thing. Anyways, it, that was a bit of a gamble, but essentially that kind of gives you the background of where I'm coming from and the approach that we're taking. Okay. How long have you been working on Dendron? Uh, for Dendron, I mean, the company itself, uh, we are now, we went through the YC Winter 21 batch. Uh, we launched at the same time as Foam did. We launched one week later than Foam. Um, which was interesting because uh, we you had multiple VS Code note-taking tools coming out in the same week. So that was the summer of 20, <laughs> 2020. But note-taking in general, I mean, I've been messing with my Vim system since like uh, 2010. So uh, the PKM space I've been involved with in a long time. Dendron is okay. around two years now. Uh, good, good. That, that's a, that's a well, kind of what I was looking for. Uh, you just made me remember another startup that I've, been following a little bit. I think they're also YC, Jeff Tang from Athens. Yep, Athens uh, Research. Yeah. Yep, I've talked to you. We actually went to the same school together. We both went to Rice University and we we were both in the YC Winter 21 batch. <laughs> so they were three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, why don't you guys all just get in a room and decide what the future is? <laughs> yeah, you know, you, th <laughs> you, think so, you, you think we would do that. I mean, I think the solution is everyone is just going to keep making more note-taking tools. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, like, I will... Like the thing is, I would say like the thing we Dungeon, like the way we do it is still a little different from everyone else. Cause like essentially Athens is like Rome, but open source. And so like for Dungeon, like we're very much about like hierarchy and structure. And so like, while that's like a bigger thing for most people in the beginning, like the initial friction does help with later recall. And so that is still something like to this day, like the closest analogy I can think for Dungeon is uh, this like, tools like Cherry Tree or like, like specifically like hierarchical focus tools, because it's kind of gone out of fashion uh, versus like the more graph-based approach that Rome made popular. Okay, got it. Yeah, um, I think the, the the knock on Rome, have you seen the uh, the piece that Nathan Bush has? Uh, the fall of Rome? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I also title. have a Twitter, I have a Twitter thread also responding to that. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we don't have to rehash it, but um, I, I think that definitely there's a there's a bit of a 
coming down of the the, the hype uh, with regards to that stuff. And good for me because I, I I didn't I never really liked it in the first place. Um, but okay, let, let's talk a little bit about like what you what makes you unique. Um, do you want to demo a little bit? Uh, because I feel like you know I've, I browsed the site, uh, but I don't get the sense of hierarchy that you emphasize so much. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's something that I should fix, fix uh, conceptually. So yeah, let me uh, let me just pull up our workspace. Sorry, I should have I should have prepped you for this. No, um, it's all good. I uh, I'm also interested in like because you have a schema. I'm interested in what migrations might look like because that's been a huge pain for me, uh, and I do it manually. Yeah, uh, migrations, uh, we actually have a case study of migrating the Dendron site. We migrated, I think, uh, close to 800 nodes into a completely different hierarchy and lost no links in the process. And so that was like a great feat. Um, but OK, so to show okay, case... uh, Zoom in a little bit uh, just for people watching. Yes, I will do that. Uh... Uh, I see you do this trick. OK. Yes, I do. Uh, so people, people to, use a uh, switch res X for uh... good to know. I will uh, remember to do that. So right now I have, so this is, you know, VS code open. I have Dendron running inside of a workspace. Mm -hmm. Let me just move the zoom controls because they get in yeah. the way. Sorry. It's annoying. Um, and let's see, let it. All right, so uh, I guess some things to note in Dendron is like your notes are plain text markdown. We have fund matter at the top where you can um, add key value pairs and other metadata. And also we have our own preview to display it. Um, so right now, nice. you know, it's pretty, if you're coming from Obsidian, um, it would seem pretty conventional. And then the main way that you look for notes inside of Dendron, I don't know if you use tools like notational velocity. No, what is uh, that? It's a tool for the. It's a tool for the Mac. It used to be my favorite note-taking tool. That it's like it's like Notepad. And when you look for a note, um, if the note doesn't exist, then it will create it for you. And so it's this idea yes. of like you never have to think about files. You can just sure. find or create. And so um, everything in Dendron is based around Command L, Control L, which is lookup. Use lookup to find and create notes, and you can use that to find and create stuff among hierarchies. And so in Dendron, uh, one thing that we do is a hierarchy is just a dot delimited file. So for example, this is my programming language hierarchy, it's lang. Um, or if I wanted to create a new hierarchy, like this is my hello node. And if I wanted to create a child of hello, I would do dot by. And then this is becomes a child of by. Um, logically, we show it. We have a logical tree view that shows it to you in a hierarchy. But on disk, everything is just a file. And what this means is kind of like a notion: like every file can both be a folder or a note. You can add uh, you can add more detail to it. And this makes it really easy to manipulate, to change, to refactor, which I can, which I'll show in a bit. Um, and usually, one of the examples I show for like the value of hierarchy is um, especially if you're coming from multiple programming languages, it's very hard to, uh, to like remember what is what. And so for example, like one thing that I always get confused about Python, like this is true and false in Python, but what is it in Ruby? It's like slightly different. And the nice thing in Dendron is like, because everything, so all my programming languages have the same hierarchy. I no longer have to think about, oh, how do I find Boolean and Python? Um, 
everything's exactly the same. So mentally in my head, there's a hundred programming languages, but the only thing that I maintain is my schema for a programming language. And we talked about schema. So this is what it actually looks like in practice. Um, it's a YAML file. The YAML file kind of, uh, you can imagine this describing essentially a tree with glob patterns of like how your node should look. So what this is saying is, hey, I have a programming language hierarchy. It starts with lang. Uh, you can it apply this template to that lang. And then as a programming language, there are certain things I care about, like getting started, operators, data structures, blah, blah, blah. And then if you're more visual, we have a graph view to kind of show you the layout of your hierarchy. And the idea is it doesn't matter what programming language you use, like um, you can you can map it back to this hierarchy so that when you're looking for things, when you're thinking about it, um, you have one thing to think about instead of a hundred things. Um, and then uh, this hierarchy, what's nice is it gives you autocomplete. So let's say like, I wanna do a new language. Let's say Sean is a new language. Then I can do lang.chan. Notice that this applies uh, a given template. This is because in my hierarchy, I say like, hey, at the start of my programming language, apply this template to it. Um, and then, okay, now like I need to add a note. Notice that it does an autocomplete here. And the autocomplete basically shows you, hey, here are all the possible next values um, defined in your programming hierarchy. And now this is very lightweight. Like for example, now if I come across a new uh, concept, something that I wasn't thinking about before. Um, so maybe for example, like in terms of uh, operators, like Groovy has this Elvis operator that says like, uh, apply this, uh, either if this is true, then do this or do something else. I can like add it to my operators. And now this becomes a concept that I can apply to all my languages. Um, and it'll come and show up and autocomplete and everything else. And so the idea with the hierarchy and the schema is that it gives you one place, kind of just like how a schema for a database helps describe your data. The schema for a given hierarchy helps you model how you think about a given domain, in this case, this being programming languages. Um, and then moving uh, what you talked about in terms of refactoring. Um, so the nice thing here is like, let's say we take um, the Python example. So we have Python, but let's uh, actually the index. We're working off the development version here. So there's always uh, certain things. But let's say like for Python, um, I wanted to say, hey, instead of Python, uh, I want this to be Mont, uh, I want to rename it something different like Monty. Then uh, essentially right now to refactor, you can rename an individual note where you can use regex to arbitrarily change parts of a note. And what this would do is it would rename every single note that had Python in that hierarchy. Uh, update the final link and also update any backlinks and wiki links. Um, wow. And if this was published, so what we publish with is we publish based on the ID instead of on the name, um, no links would break because um, everything would map still to the same URL. And uh, rename, so like refactor, that's one way of doing it. You can rename a note or you can also, if you make a reference, for example, to a header, um, you can rename a header or move a header and similarly, the links will be updated. And what's cool about this, and I talked about- wait, wait, you, you, can, you can rename a header or you can move a header and the links will be updated. Um, so like, 
even yeah. let's say you can link directly to a header. Yeah. So for example, like this Monty yeah. false example, right? I will link to it here. And so it's essentially hashtag false. So I go okay. here, it takes me to the false link. Now let's mm -hmm. say I want to rename this header to false. Okay. I do that. And if I go back to this name, um, that header mm -hmm. link is renamed. And now let's say that, that, hey, I want to take this entire block and not just this block, but maybe it has a child block, uh, blah and foo. And now I want to move this header to a different note. Like maybe this should go into Ruby. Uh, so let's say I want to put this under ruby.boolean instead. Okay, I've done that. And now this link is pointing to Ruby. So you can refactor and rename things on like a block level, a page level, or a hierarchy level. And then Dungeon will make sure that everything else is consistent. Nice. Got it. And then the cool okay. thing is, once you do this, you can publish. And if you publish, you can get a link to any of these blocks. So this sample workspace isn't published. But what is published, for example, um, so this also works with code. So this is a Dungeon code base. But as part of the Dungeon code base, uh, we also have the Dungeon docs, the Dungeon wiki in it. So I have a shortcut to generate the link for uh for this and so i can take uh paste that in a browser and boom this is a published version of the dungeon vault and uh a common thing that happens somebody asks a question uh kind of like sid when he like goes on google to find a link um it's very easy for me to for example uh go into the faq and then you know go to a specific header and generate a specific link to that specific part of the thing that people um of that query so okay um is there a full text search inside of you know what never mind yeah yes I, and there is full VS text code. search both for yeah. the website and also for vs code itself vs code um, of course but, has it yeah and, but the nice thing about full text search this is actually augmented with dungeon's hierarchical structure because you can filter it based on hierarchy so for example, mm. I have like a meeting note for people. So I can say, hey, search for Sean in every like subchild of meeting. This isn't a thing with Dungeon per se, but it's just a consequence that once your notes are in a consistent format, then other operations like search become much more useful because you can say like, hey, I only want to limit search to the specific hierarchy or the specific pattern. And yep. that just works. Any uh, team or um, you know, company B two B angle to this that you've worked out, or is it very personal? Um, so this is meant to be both as a PKM and also as uh, uh, we're looking to challenge tools like Confluence to be the mm. knowledge base of choice for technical teams. Um, yes. I say technical base for technical teams right now, and our product is aimed at developers. And this is because, um, so here is what blog post about uh, when we first announced we took funding. Um, but essentially, um, you know, or uh, everyone's overwhelmed with information. This is a problem that everyone has. And I think the way that Dungeon approaches it is going to work for everyone. But because we're a startup and things are pretty technical as they are today, uh, we figure we start off with our own base. So focus on developers, focus on technical teams, and then expand it outwards. Um, it's kind of just like, because like Excel, for example, right? Like spreadsheets. Um, it's not a natural concept for anyone. 
that like today everyone uses it. You run AWS, I think pricing, uh, when I left, it was show run off spreadsheets. And so like, um, it's a universally useful construct, universally useful primitive, this idea of putting your information in these tabular grids and having structure to it. And so like my belief here is that having hierarchies, having consistent hierarchies that you can change at any time like that is such a useful primitive that every like that it will be useful to everyone. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, uh, I want to have make sure that you know I don't pepper you with questions. What would what did you particularly want to ask me, or that I that you think I could help with? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, so for um, well, first, like learning in the public. So in Dendron, um, people publish their notes and uh, people have like a community. Uh, so people can publish their notes as a next, as a static site. Uh, right now, most people publish on GitHub pages. It's mm -hmm. exports to static HTML, but there's lots of people that uh, like the idea of like learning in public and want to do more of it. Um, and one of my goals with Dendron is to just enable that uh, for, the next million developers, if you will, and you know, a common uh, a common refrain I hear from people is like, "Well, like I don't feel like I have enough to publish, or like I don't know what to do." Um, but like, I mean, the whole thing with para and intermittent packets and like showing your work as they are in progress is like I'm trying to get people more into the idea of like you don't need a lot. Like that's not the whole point. It's not a published thing. It's a digital garden. It's like your piecemeal thing. And so just discussing strategies of like, you know, encouraging, like getting people over that initial hump of like, I don't think I have enough to be like publishable. Um, well, let's just start off there. Like that's. Um, uh, well, since you already know Para, I, I feel like there's not that much I can offer to you. Uh, I think Para has been a very clear and simple system that at least is usable for most people. You know, I think a lot of these, uh, he has obviously more complicated terminology, uh, intermediate packets and that, that sort of stuff. But like at the root of it, para is a really good way to organize your system for action. Um, the uncharitable way I, I view a lot of these digital garden efforts is that they're an exercise in mental masturbation. In other words, you, oh, yeah. you do it to make yourself happy, to make yourself feel like you're very smart, but you don't actually like help anyone. Um, you don't actually have a point at which you ship something. Um, you just do it as like, I don't know, you're, you're tending like a, you, you, you're tending a garden, which is good, right? Like it's fine to, to have a garden. Uh, but I think um, the, the, the emphasis on action is the key to para for me. Action meaning having an idea that you shipped something, whatever that thing is, um, you, you, you organize your notes towards some goal instead of some vague, this might be useful someday um, topic. So that's kind of my, my perspective on that. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And I think, you know, uh, to, I guess, I know we're also getting close on time. So I want to be mindful of that. Um, can, I, can I give you a couple of more ideas since uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah this, this might be helpful. So, um, you know, as a reader, uh, I'm not likely to just browse any random digital, digital garden, um, you know, just because I don't know what the quality I'm getting is. And there's no particular focus. Mm -hmm. So sometimes focused digital gardens can be really good. So like pick a topic and just be like the definite, definitive sort of resource on that. And yes, that's, that's actually just a wiki. Um, but 
a wiki that is sort of Git tracks that uh, anyone can PR, I think is uh, helpful. And so one example that I did that really works very well for me was the React and TypeScript cheat sheet. It started out mm -hmm. as one cheat sheet, but then it became a whole wiki. Um, and that was a very focused digital garden. I kept adding to it. Other people kept adding to it. Everyone only, kn only knows, like, as long as I think of this topic, I'm going to come here and I'm going to find something that's relevant to my, my resource. So having a focused topic, I think, is really useful. Yep. Um, and then for me, like, uh, I started accumulating a bunch of uh, my other, like, I used to have, like, 20 different cheat sheets all spread over GitHub. I consolidated all of them to, to my own um, Obsidian uh, repo um, because I realized that I was the only one using them. So I think I have a, have a sense of like, is this for you or for others? Um, and yes, it's fine to work in the open um, if it's for just for you, but like, you know, set expectations and, and make sure that people uh, know what to expect when, uh, when, when that is done. Um, but I, 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 I mean, I think a lot of times like people are very inspired when they read about the learning public, they read about the digital garden. And then they'll, they'll put in a ton of effort to like set all this stuff up. And then you'll notice like three months from now when you go back to them, they haven't been updated because there is no feedback loop. There is no like, hey, good job. There, there is no like uh, habit that's built. Um, so that that really does have to be built up. Um, I don't know if that, any of this is making sense to you, but like it's kind of like why I I do, you know, one of Tiago's uh, things is, is that he cares more about the workflow than the specific tool that you actually use to yeah. accomplish this task. So yeah, you, you got all this. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Yeah, uh, but it's good to hear the, the reinforcement. And I do like plus one or double click on the having a focus. Uh, one thing we're experimenting with is just like building like public gardens around certain uh, focus areas. Mm. So like mm. the PKM catalog, for example and mm. having like a catalog of AWS, like best practices. Um, mm. The cool, th I, yeah, one cool thing in Dendron is like the way that we think of everything, like in Obsidian, you have vaults, vaults in Dendron are just Git repos, and then you can put multiple vaults into the same workspace. And so the yeah. idea is like, you can mix and match, like depending on the knowledge that you want. Um, so, okay, so um, I'm just gonna, do you have a minute, what's the time range? Do you have like another minute or? We're, we're in overtime, but yeah, what's, okay. I, I, so, you know, I want to make sure that you come away with something that you can use. Yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, just enumerate the two other things I wanted to uh, tell you or talk to you about. Uh, so yeah. one, I know that you switched over to Obsidian. And yes. um, so in Dendron, we actually have lots of okay. people that use Dendron and Obsidian. And so uh -huh. they use Obsidian as a GUI, but then they use mm. Dendron to structure their information in Obsidian. And uh, sure. looking at your like, hey, here are the things that have value in a knowledge management tool. I think Dendron yeah. can help with that. And, and this is not like a hard sell or anything, but just like an sure. FYI, if you check it out and if you uh, have some time to give feedback on, you know, what would it take? Where, what are missing features for Sean? Then like, it would be something I would love to have a follow up on. So mobile app. <laughs> yeah. uh, we work with the Obsidian mobile app. Actually, a lot of people I, I know, use. I know. Yeah. So, um, okay, so so I would yeah. like to to I probably have to try that out myself, but maybe some some way to ease that pain would be to have a short demo of like how Dendron works with Obsidian on desktop mm -hmm. and on mobile, yeah. uh, and, and and then I can I don't have to do the work to visualize it myself. Yeah, uh, but yeah, mobile sense. is very important. For, like, yeah, you, you know about the capture habit. Um, yep, mobile yeah. is where I capture, and then uh, desktop is where I write. So that's kind of how it works. That makes sense. Um, and then the very last thing is I'm looking for 
this one is more like, um, I think, you know, the, on your about page, you describe yourself as like helping develop your tools across the chasm and uh, helping developers learn in, in the public. Uh, yes. If I were to say like the top person I'm looking for right now to help me with like um, efforts and what I'm trying to do, it would be like those two things. And so this is just um, how do you know anybody like you that I can talk to in terms <laughs> of that I can bring on the team or, you know, I know you just took a job at Temporal. So um, yeah, just know that. Um, how do I find someone like you or oh, do you know anybody that flattering. might benefit this? Uh, from this, um, oh. so I I think I'll, I'll try to think of people, and I have your email. I'm, I'm gonna send you updates. Mm -hmm. This is why it's important for me to get to know you and get to know what you want, uh, because then yep. I can think about it async and then uh, send people to you. Uh, I'm definitely not unique, uh, but everyone also has jobs, so it's it, hiring is so hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'll think about it, and I'll try to send people your way if uh, if I if I see that they're a match. Uh, have you talked to Cassidy already? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, Cassidy Williams. Um, so she's not she's not directly going to be working for you, but um, she also knows people in the tools for thought space that are also similarly interested in this stuff. So uh, definitely could uh, ask make an intro to her. Um, but yeah, there there are a bunch of others that are also similarly interested. Some of them are also working on tools, as you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no. Uh, but thanks. I I do have to go. But. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I really appreciate that you put on all these asks and, you know, if you have any others, uh, send them by email. Uh, let's let's yeah. just chat. I'm just glad that we had the chance to meet. Uh, me too. And I think that was my main purpose is set up a channel yeah. and then we can continue async. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Hey, congrats on all you built so far. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, I've never been a founder, so, um, you know, I, I, I want to support you as much as I can. So congrats. Yeah. Thanks. And just know, like, I'm a huge admirer of your work. Uh, I think, oh. you know, you've done a lot and you continue to do a lot. So just, <laughs> just starting, just there. going. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks, Ron. Bye. See ya.